Hey, Justin here with Stay Home Dads Podcast. Once again, welcome to the place I talk about a lot of different things that go on in my stay-at-home dad life. Things with my kids, my family, my marriage, men's health and wellness. I also talk about parenting struggles I have and tips that I have and I come across. Plus a lot of other random things that I just think about. I come on here and I talk about with you. So I hope something in there entertains or interests or educates you in some fashion. So thank you for sitting in with me today. Thank you for tuning in. All right. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great week. Like I said last week, even though my kids are rolling through school, which is great. They love it. They enjoy it still. I am still finding myself really busy. I think I'm actually moving on and moving out of those have to do necessity things that kind of build up not everyday task things, but bigger projects and, and bigger things. I'm kind of moving past those have-to-dos, and I'm starting to allocate a little bit of time to my stuff, to things that I want to do, build some things, finish my garage makeover that's, oh my gosh, that's been going on since January. So yeah, that has been a long project, but uh, you know, what can I say? I'm waiting for stuff to go on sale. And God damn it, Home Depot, if you're listening, please put some cabinets on sale for me. I would appreciate that. But yeah, getting that done, doing some other things, I'm, uh, I'm finally digging through my list. I still have some curtains to hang for my wife. I still uh, I have a bunk bed to sell for my daughter because apparently uh, the kids outgrow bunk beds. They think they're cool until they have one, and now they have one, and... Now, they don't like it, so thankfully, we did not buy it new, so I'll just list it back up for sale and unload it, but yeah, doing some of those things still, but yeah, it's kind of mellowing out a little bit, you know, maybe I'll actually get a round of golf in here in the next day or so, and another thing I've been doing is spending some very needed and nice one-on-one time with my wife, that's been really great, just, uh, quiet uh, quiet days, quiet mornings. We can share some coffee and just kind of relax. So that's been good as well. I've also had the time to read a book. I know, right? It's kind of crazy. And it didn't take me over a year to get through it either. Well, maybe that's because it's an audio book. So does that really count as reading? I'm not really sure it does, but I did consume content. So that's a plus, right? I actually listened to the audio version of Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. It's a book about his life, about his experiences. Just he tells stories and things like that. A good friend recommended it to me and told me that Matthew narrates it himself. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll check this out. I mean, I like hearing that guy's voice. I mean, who doesn't? It's, uh, it's pretty unique and soothing, right? And I think that's what makes this audiobook so good was him actually reading it. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed it so much so that I listened to it twice. I actually finished it one day and the next day I said, you know what, I'm going to check it out again. And I listened to it through and through again. And it was just as good the second time around. He's such a great storyteller and just hearing him recount his moments from his childhood and finding himself and going all in on what he believes in, it, uh, it really made me somewhat emotional. Can I say that? I know that sounds silly, but it did. Hearing about his travels and his self-discovery and what he wanted out of life, 
not just the acting part, which that was cool too, and how he started and how he gets into roles, but just, you know, hearing him experience his life, very interesting to hear. And no, it's not a self-help book. It's nothing really like that, but he does have little quotes in there and poems and what he calls prescriptions. And it kind of made me ponder and and think about my own life and it kind of prompts me to appreciate things that I have while still enjoying my own journey and maybe changing certain things in my life to get to get more out of it. And I know that may sound kind of corny, but uh, I don't care. It was it was a good book. I enjoyed it. If you get a chance, check it out. And no, this podcast, this episode is not uh, is not brought to you by Matthew McConaughey's Greenlight. It's just something that I thought I would mention to you. And now I'm on to Adam Carolla's audiobook. In 50 years, we'll all be chicks. So, yeah, I know, right? Talk about the other end of the spectrum here. And no hating on Adam. I'm a big fan of his. I've enjoyed listening to his podcast for years and even him on the radio back in the day. But in his audiobook, he also talks about his life and growing up with essentially nothing in the San Fernando Valley in California and and pretty much being poor and broke and his, his climb to where he's at today. And he also mentions some societal things and complains about stuff in there that is still valid and going on today. And I think this book was written like 13 or 14 years ago, so it's pretty crazy that those things are still relevant now. I mean, he's no Matthew McConaughey, but uh, it's a decent book so far. I'm about halfway or three quarters of the way through it, so you could check that one out too. But audiobooks, they are the way to go. Not having to just dedicate all this time to just reading. It almost feels like I'm cheating a little bit, and I shouldn't consider it reading, but you know what? Hey, I can cut the grass, I can you know, mow my lawn, I can work in the garage, I can go work out at the gym and listen to a book, so I'll take it. Anyways, moving on. I found this article on pewresearch.org. It's kind of a cool website. They conduct opinion polling and demographic research and content analysis and a bunch of other surveys and interesting things, data about public issues and trends and all that sorts of stuff. Well, this one I found was titled Key Facts About Dads in the U.S. And I'll link it in the description like I always do so you can check it out. But I thought this info would be kind of interesting and fun to go over and see what these facts are and give my two pennies on it and uh, just have a, have a lighthearted show here. I think this also goes well with what I talked about last week with dads and men and their masculinity and masculinity being more than just those things that we kind of think of, the old school kind of thought process and how it's trending that dads are staying home more and being more engaged with their children and doing a lot of different things than they did years ago. So this article is from June of 23, so it's pretty recent. And it was written and put together by Catherine Schaefer, so credit to her for doing all this. I'm just kind of going through it. She says, American fatherhood looks much different than it did decades ago with dads today taking more time caring for their kids and less likely to be the top breadwinners in their home, like it was, you know, back in the day. So here are six facts about the views and experiences shaping fatherhood in the U.S. today. And like I mentioned last week, this is, you know, very interesting. Dads are, I don't want to say stepping up, but dads seem to be really focusing more and more on their families. 
And I don't want to come down and come off like I'm saying, hey, if you're not a stay-at-home dad, you're not doing enough or anything like that. I'm very lucky that I get to be in this role and get to do this. This isn't normal. I mean, let's be honest. There's very few of us here. Even though the numbers are slowly increasing to being, you know, more stay-at-home dads, they're still pretty low. Dads represent only 18% of stay-at-home parents. And granted, you know, that was only 11% in 1989. So it is slowly increasing, but it's not like a huge shift. You know what I mean? It's not some crazy swing by any means. Also, these aren't just facts about stay-at-home dads. It's just dads in general. So just to let you know. First one, dads overwhelmingly view being a parent as an important aspect of their personal identity. Survey conducted found that the vast majority of dads say being a parent is the most important, 24%, or one of the most important, 61% aspects of who they are as a person. They also said that 81% of dads found being a parent enjoyable and rewarding all or most of the time. Well, that's good news, I guess, that uh, most dads love being a parent. And I guess there's going to be a few that hate it, right? Maybe they had an oopsie baby or they got some random chick knocked up or their girlfriend knocked up and they think it's a drag or they hate having kids or they don't want to have kids or or xyz and i know there's probably some in the middle ground that are just like sure whatever i have a kid and they don't really care you know they i don't know but i don't really like either of those instances i don't like that perspective i think it's i think it could be better it's kind of like, you know, grow up, Peter Pan. Open your eyes. You created this person that thinks you're fucking Superman, right? They think you're amazing. You are mom and dad. You're the most important people in this kid's life, right? They don't care about anything else but time with you. And when I hear, and I granted, I'm just uh, speculating. If, you know, I'm hearing people have that opinion on their kid, and that's just, it's kind of disheartening. It's kind of shitty, and I don't like it. I don't know. That's what I would tell those guys. Grow up, cherish this moment, appreciate it, bond with your kid. They think you're Superman, okay? So step it up. And honestly, yeah, I would agree that being a father is a huge part of my personal identity, being a dad. It should be, right? I don't see anything wrong with that. I know we're all individuals and we have lives outside our kids and our families, but what's more important than that? Nothing should be more important than the relationship you have with your spouse and with your kids, right? That nothing should be. And I know we all have to make money and we all have to work and all that stuff. And I may be singing a different tune if I myself had some amazing professional career that that was like every meant everything to me and yada, yada, yada. Right. But in those things that I just mentioned, you know, your career and your spouse and your kids, one of them were replaceable in and the other ones were, were not bottom line. All right. Number two, most dads time spent with their kids is spent playing or providing care. All right. Well, what's left? 
Well, it says on an average day, dad spent 0.36 hours playing and 0.32 hours providing physical care, like dressing and bathing and diapers and getting ready for school and stuff like that. That's providing care. And that all seems, I don't know, to me pretty normal because when I remember when I was a working dad, I would get up with my kids in the morning, I would get them dressed, I would get breakfast going for them all before I went to work. And then I would head out to the door and then my wife would come in, she would kind of finish off the rest, she would do the hair, do the teeth and go drop them off at daycare. And then when I got home, I would help cook and then we would both hang out with the kids and play and do stuff and then do bath time and then shoot them off to bed. So looking back, that's kind of crazy that I didn't really spend that much time with my kids. I didn't. I'd get home at like five or so, and then my kids would typically go to bed by 6.30 or 7. You know, this was quite a while ago when they were younger, so they're getting their solid 12 hours or so. So yeah, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with them. This article also goes on and says, on average, fathers report spending around 0.05 hours reading and 0.05 hours on education activities with their kids. Do you know how much time 0.05 of an hour is? It's three minutes. Three minutes. One, two, three. Jesus. That's just, that's nothing, right? We look at our phones longer than we do that. They go on to say that when kids are younger, dads do spend more time with them, but still, you know, barely any. It bumps it up to 4.8 minutes for reading and up to six minutes for educational activity. And some of the graphs actually show that reading goes down to 1.8 minutes. Really? 1.8 minutes to read? Why does, this, why does this shock me so much? Like I said, we got to put our phones down. We got we to gotta put the phone down. We got to, I don't know, if it's laziness or what. But even though we're tired and, you know, we don't want to engage after a long day or a long day at work or whatever, we, we got to pump those numbers up, okay? We just, we got to do this. I mean, don't you see a problem with that? Three minutes or 1.8 minutes of reading and educational stuff? Like I said, I'll post this article in the description so you can look at it, but there's a lot of graphs in here and it's it's eye-opening. It is. I don't know what else to say. I mean, other than I think this is an issue. We've read to our girls, my wife and I, we've read to them every night since they were babies. And I still do it now. I still do it today. I just did it last night. We get a book and we read for at least 10 minutes a night. And I'll be honest though, the education stuff, I don't do enough of that. I should. I need to. You know, get flashcards or math things or do letter sounds with my kindergartner, all that stuff. So yeah, I could be better there. But also, last year, I do remember, every day when my daughter would come home from school, we would go through her folder, we would pull her work out, we would go through stuff. If she had a spelling test, we would, we would practice and, and roll through spelling words and do practice and do all that. So, you know what? Screw that. Like, I did do some educational stuff. So, either way, we got to, you know, get those numbers up. We got to spend a little more time in that sector, I seriously think. All right, number three, the more children a couple has, the more likely the husband is to be the breadwinner in the family. Interesting. So 
if a married couple has no kids, about 48% of the husbands are primary moneymakers. And then it slowly goes up the more kids the family has to 54% for one kid, 57% for two, 69% for, I think, three or four kids. However, the share of marriages with a breadwinner husband has fallen steadily from 85% in 1972 down to 55% in 2022. Also in 2022, about 29% of married couples made the same amount of money. And in 16% of marriages, the wife was the sole or primary moneymaker. That's kind of interesting as well. I don't know, what's the, what's the story there? What's the cause? I don't really know. Is it women's equality? Equity? I can never remember the difference between those two words. Is it both of those things? I, I don't know. And this kind of goes into the next one, number four here. It says, most Americans say it's best for children when their mom and dad both work and both take care of the kids and the home. 77% of adults surveyed say that children who are raised in a household with a mom and a dad are better off when both parents are focused equally on their jobs and taking care of their children in the house. And 57% of adults, a little over half, say that American society values the contributions men make at work more than the contributions they make at home. First off, yes. Does this cross my mind as a stay-at-home dad? Yes. That my kids will see me at home and not working and think it's normal for dad to stay at home. And I don't know why this, I think this way or I don't know why this is in my head. I think about when they get older and then are they going to be okay with their boyfriend or their husband sitting around doing nothing, playing video games and being some lazy shitbag because they saw their dad stay at home and, you know, take care of the house. So they think that's normal. And I don't know why I perceive like the guys or the boyfriends or the husbands being like lazy dumpsters like that. I just do. I don't That's you know. That's how I think of it. And granted, I'm not sitting here doing nothing. I do vocalize to my kids about my priorities. Even though I'm a stay-at-home dad, I have priorities. I still take care of the house and I, I do stuff and, and I, you know, I, I make this a priority. This is what I'm doing here, doing a podcast. They know that I do this, so they know that I'm kind of doing things. They know that I do side gigs and do all that stuff, but they don't see me leaving and going to work every single day. So that is in the back of my mind. So I don't know. Am I overthinking that? I, maybe I am. Maybe I'm, you know, going down the rabbit hole on that one. But that's, that's where my brain takes me. And the second thing is, I think American society, or that 57% need to kind of reevaluate contributions and realize that dad's contributions at home with their kids and their spouse is paramount in a strong family unit. Kids need their dad around. You can be a great employee and work hard, but also make sure that you're contributing as much as you can in that family unit. Turn the work brain off, sit down with your kids, read with your kids, be there, mentally be there, be in tune with them, do all those things that I kind of mentioned earlier. Don't be, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't be like the bystander dad, I guess, or the guy that just the kids are almost scared to go to or they don't talk to or they don't have a great relationship with because he doesn't engage with them, stuff like that. Like, don't be that. Just be there as much as you can. 
Preachy, I know. All right, five. Fathers are more likely than mothers to feel judged by their spouse for how they parent their children. 56% of dads feel this way and 49% of mothers. Pretty close feeling by moms and dads, you know, they're pretty, pretty equal, not too far apart. And I think we've all felt judged in some way. I feel like my wife has judged me on how I handle situations with my girls. Maybe that I'm too easy on them, or maybe I'm not easy enough on them, or that I don't follow through with stuff, or that I make her be the bad cop too many times, which she's actually told me that. So yeah, there's, you know, stuff there. And I've done the same thing to her. I've said things to her like, God, just relax or let it go or take it easy when I think she's being too heated or overreacting. And those are probably all things that you should not say to your wife when she's frustrated with parenting. That's, uh, I should take some of my own lessons there. Don't do that, man. That's not good. But there always be moments where someone isn't really patient or they're more irritable for whatever reason, or just frustrated with the lack of listening, or eating their dinner, or getting their clothes in the hamper, or getting their shoes on. You know, you get it. You know exactly where I'm coming from. And that's okay. That's going to happen. We're not always going to be patient patties and just hanging out and have all the patience in the world. So could this be done in a better way? The judgment? Sure. Maybe instead of judging and me saying things that will essentially escalate the situation, I could be more supportive and constructive with how I word things to my wife when I bring them up. Now, do I, do I personally feel like I am judged all the time? No, not really, I don't. And I think a lot of that has to do with parents being on the same page and us, you know, mind-melding a little bit and knowing what's acceptable as a family and what's not, or kind of knowing where your wife or your spouse is at and knowing like how far you can take things or what you should do and yada, yada, yada. So if that makes any sense, that was a lot of word vomit, but yeah, I mean, as long as you're on the same page with your spouse and you guys kind of parent similarly, and I'm trying to, we, we do parent similarly most of the time. I step on my wife's toes sometimes You know, you ever get into that moment where the child does something and then one parent says a reprimand and be like, hey, you got to get back here. And then the other parent jumps in and kind of dogpiles a little bit. I've done that. And I actually apologized to my wife the other day about it because I was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I should have just let you spearhead that and handle that. You know, she was telling my daughter not to do something on her bike. And then I had, of course, jumped in either trying to, like, get the point across more But also, maybe is there a subconscious thing where I felt like she wasn't going to convey the message the way I thought it should be conveyed? And I talked to her about it, and I said, you know what, I should have just let you, you know, handle that instead of me jumping in there too. So I think that communication, like right there, is super important in those situations too. Also, something I found interesting is aside from fathers feeling judged by their wives more so than the other way around, is the fact that mothers feel more judged across the board in every other aspect than fathers do. Mothers feel more judged by their parents. They feel more judged by their in-laws, by their friends, and by other parents in their community. And that's kind of crazy, and that's too bad, because those should be the people in the groups that should be bringing mothers up, should be supporting them, 
and maybe even guiding them and not judging them and just helping them. So I don't know, peeps, like let's, let's work on that too. I don't know how, I don't really have any answers for you there. I guess something you could do is try to put yourself in that other person's shoes before you interject with whatever judgment you have. Maybe take a beat, take a step back and say, you know what? I remember those days or yeah, maybe that mother is having a hard day or X, Y, Z. Maybe she's got a lot on her plate. Maybe this just happened and just kind of put yourself in their shoes and be like, I don't know what's going on with them. I'm not going to judge them. And this is something that dads could work on as well. So something to chew on there. All right. So this last one I'm going to talk about number six here is dads place a high priority on children becoming honest, ethical, and hardworking adults. The survey shows that a majority of dads say it's extremely important for kids to be honest and ethical at 93%, hardworking at 87%, and ambitious at 64 And I don't know why the article worded it that way. You know, dads place a high priority. It's like they did it to almost make you believe that dads care far above and beyond what mothers care. But actually, according to this graph, mothers care just as much, if not more, than the fathers do. And why wouldn't all of us care about these things? These are very important things. Seems kind of like a stupid survey if you ask me. Want your kids to be hardworking and ethical? Eh, I don't care. Want them to help people in need? Ah, hell no. Want them to be ambitious? Nah, they can just sleep all day and waste away playing a game console. Said no parent ever, right? We all want our kids to be all of those things. And I think it's totally normal to put a lot of emphasis on those things. Now, do I care if my child goes to college right away? And I mean, getting an education can be great and has its benefits. But if they have passions or other ideas or want to go to a trade school for something they really enjoy, then I think they should kind of entertain those ideas. I don't see really a problem. I mean, if they really want to go to school, they can go to school. But if they want to do it later in life, they can do it later in life. I was never a risky person growing up. In my late teens and 20s, you know, taking the harder path, going after whatever young dream or idea you had, I was not that. I was more of a get a job, get to work, get a safe paycheck, make money. That's the route that I was more in tune with. I don't dwell on the past, but, you know, looking back, sure, I wish I would have gotten different jobs or traveled more or applied for something kind of exciting. Put my money that I had into a business idea instead of buying a motorcycle. You know what I mean? So in some respects, if my girl showed an interest or had a deep passion for some idea or business, I think I would encourage that. And you can have some failures in your 20s and bounce back pretty easy. You can also go to college right away and rack up $100,000 in debt and be renting out cars at Enterprise. Or you can get a super successful job and be making six figures, whatever it may be. So, it can, you know, I mean, path is a path. And I'm no person to tell you what to do or tell my kids what to do. I can try to guide them and help them and and tell them my experiences. I didn't go to college until I was in my late 20s. And now look at me. I'm not even using my degree. So here we are. It just, uh, yeah, here we are. Anyways, that pretty much concludes this Pew Research article and my unsolicited advice on it. 
So what do we think? What, what do you think? I didn't really provide any riveting data or any crazy perspectives on it. I'll be honest. I just thought it was kind of interesting. And I think it's okay. Frankly, I think it's great that a lot of dads see fatherhood as part of their identity, as I think it should be. Also, being ourselves and being independent from our kids as well, I think that's important. Of course, they can't be our sole focus of our lives. We have careers, we have duties, we have hobbies, we have all those other things, especially we have spouses. And that one right there, spouses, should probably be ahead of them all, including the kids. Because if that dynamic is off or neglected or failing, it's just going to cascade down and affect your kids anyways. So just keep that in mind. But being a dad is pretty cool. And it's an experience that is fulfilling and unlike anything else that a guy can do. And I'm sorry, but no. A dog is not going to replace the feeling of raising a kid. It's not. So, offended quote-unquote dog parents, stop pretending that your Shih Tzu is a baby, because it's not. No matter how much you baby talk it and how much you push it in a stroller, it's not the same thing, okay? I hate to burst your bubble, but a dog is not a replacement for a kid. <laughs> it just isn't. Also, like I said, let's pump up those numbers on how much we're uh, averaging with our kids daily. Instead of reading four minutes, let's stretch it out to 10 or to eight. And like I say all the time, you're probably sick of me saying it, put the phone down, show your kids, and hell, show your wife that they are more important than your phone and do stuff with them. Read and make flashcards and play a game and eat dinner around your dining table and cook together. You know, you got this, you can do this. All right, that's all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dad's podcast. I know, like I said, not as intense or serious as I tend to be. Just, uh, I don't know, some interesting data, something I thought was kind of fun to talk about. But if you have any questions or comments or arguments, please feel free to reach out to me at my Instagram page, at stayathomedads underscore podcast, and let me know your thoughts. Let me know what's up. Next week, I think I'll be diving into some current parenting trends of 2023 and uh, instilling some of my infinite wisdom upon us all. That was a joke, I'm kidding. Also, I haven't said it in a while, but if you know anyone that would benefit or enjoy listening to my show, please feel free to share it with them. It's on all the major streaming platforms, so just uh, send them to one of my many links. Anyways, thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye!